Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Kindness Can podcast. Always lovely seeing you, Paulie Bushel. I know. Favorite times of the week. Absolutely. So, of course, wrapping up a year, can you believe it? I don't know about you, but I keep catching myself looking at the calendar and being like, not December, but oh, yes, it is. The Christmas decorations in the shops couldn't have come sooner this year. <laughs> you know, like everyone complains every year, they come too early. I was like, bring it on. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I don't know if you feel the same. It's like from October, November, people started to just like dip. There was like this dip in energy. Uh, and I kept looking at my kids thinking, well, you better gear up because we've got exams coming up and uh, it really is time to <laughs> get, get the party going. started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It feels for, for a lot of learners this year that the fourth term has gone on a long time uh, and them like us, the energy yeah, in the room has just been kind of low. Uh, and it's been a struggle to get to the end for so many of us. But do you think it's post-pandemic? Because we went into this like bear in a cave hibernation, okay? Now we've come out, the demand certainly feels more. It's demanding. There's so much to do all the time, but the muscle is not necessarily there. Yeah, I mean, I think coming out of the pandemic is certainly part of that. I think there have been also other factors this year that's just made things challenging for people. At the same time, as we go into the holidays and we take stock of our year, I hope we make two columns and we take note of the things that have been hard for us, but we also take the time to note down some of the things that have been wonderful mm. and amazing for us this year. Because when we see it like that, that's energizing as well. So somewhere in your December holiday, I hope that you yeah, engage in that kind of, of activity. But I know for a lot of learners who are you know, wrapping up exams and families are getting ready to sit with the reports, this can be a stressful time of the year. Oh my gosh. I was just talking about this with my mom a few weeks ago saying, I had like severe post-traumatic stress disorder waiting for my matric results to come out yeah. the newspaper. I remember where we were, we were in the Berg. I will never, I could draw you a picture of where we were in the Berg. Just waiting to see my name. I just wanted to see my name. <laughs> but I think for our kids as well, we've always been the parents, and I'm so grateful for my dad for this learning, that we basically fold the report in half, and I really don't care about marks, really and truly. I mean, I hope that you can pass so that we can keep moving on. But your success for me is so much more valuable in numbers that can't be summed up out of 100. Because, yes, you can get a really good mark on a maths paper, but then be a really terrible person to somebody that you love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I must say, whenever you tell me this ritual that you and your dad used to do, I get like goosebumps because I think it's just such a beautiful thing for families to do. Fold that report in half. Start with the comments because Hundreds. if you showed up and you tried your best and you were kind and you participated, well, those are the kind of skills that you're going to need not only to be a good human in the world, but also a successful human uh, in the world. Yeah, then take some time to, to go through the results. Yeah, because I mean, in the comments, it will be has tried their best, has applied themselves. You can't hide in comments. But I feel like sometimes the essence of a mark, it's just there's too much emphasis on it. So I suppose, you know, having three children, two of which have some remedial challenges uh, in the classroom, as the parent, to slow that moment down. Because I think sometimes we take it personally. 
Like either A, we navigated blind, we blinded by the fear of what does this mean for the bigger picture of their lives? Can you remember your grade five exams? I can't. So also just... But what you can remember, which you're tapping into here, Jane, which I think is so important, is some of your parents or your, the adults in the room's reactions to those results because that's what you hold on to. So I get it. You know, you and I work in the model, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to behavior. So you're the parent, you open this report card, you're anxious with your child because you really want them to pass, you really want them to do well because you want them to progress in their life. And you see a result which, yeah, is a bit shady. That thought, that panic thought is going to come storming in. What's going to happen if they if this maintains? Are mm-hmm. they going to be able to get into a post-school mm-hmm. uh, tertiary opportunities? How are they going to get a job one day? All those scarcity thoughts are going to mm-hmm. come rushing in, which are going to be followed by those overwhelmed, anxious, afraid feelings. I get it, right? But it's your job in the moment, just like you're saying, to drop your anchor mm. and slow that moment down. Because although that feeling makes sense, your reaction in that moment is going to matter more than the actual mark that's on the piece of paper. Well, I, I think in saying that, you know, for one of my children, the worst thing that could ever happen to them was them repeat a year. At the end of every year, they would say, am I going to fail? Will I be held back? And we'd be like, no. Big, big, big fear uh, trigger that for one of my children. And that particular child, about three weeks ago, asked for a family meeting for us to sit down because they want to ask if they can have the option of repeating the year. And I was like, where's this come from? Like, what is this about? And the shift and the growth and the maturity of realizing that the reinforcement that can happen in repeating a grade is not a failure. And what I loved even more about it was there was a great Uh, kind of focus on the community in which that child felt more buoyant in. And to navigate that at that age, I was just blown away. Whereas for a lot of parents, I think thinking that their child could repeat to you would be like, I failed as a parent. Well, it's about reframing these moments. So instead of seeing them as the end line or the ultimate reflection on who my child is or how they're going to be in the world, reframing these moments as opportunity to grow and learn and understand uh, each other. So let's say you're going through a report card together. Yeah, how can we use this as an opportunity not only to role model reactions which are appropriate in the face of a challenge or something that's not going well, but also getting to know who my child is. Why is that subject hard for you? What did you find hard about it? What does this teach us about who you are as a person And then how can I support you to do better next year? What can we put in place? How can we grow? So these are actually opportunities to do better as a team as opposed to kind of being like, this is the final judgment. And it's the same with having to repeat to you. You describing an incredibly connected moment where you could get insight into who your child was and where they are at uh, in this moment and how we can be best supportive of that. It sounds amazing. I mean, I know I gave my dad super kudos for folding the remarks, but there were also very traumatizing experiences that my dad used to, probably pre-folding the, the report in half, he would get a red pen and he would literally go through my report with a red pen and circle all the bad comments. <laughs> and then in the column, he'd have like a remarks of his own column and he'd say things like, no more clubbing at Calico Jacks. <laughs> 
Yeah, there it is. Traumatized. Well, but also the, the, the moment to kind of reflect, right? So it's not about saying, well, you're completely off the hook here. It's about saying, yeah, you, I could see your teacher saying you could do better. I'm also watching what happened this term and thinking you didn't apply yourself as much or I see that that's hard for you, but because it was hard, you were avoiding it mm-hmm. or you gave up on it or you were only speaking negative around it. So mm-hmm. how do we rework that for ourselves next year and how can I help you with that? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, if I look at each one of my children, they all have a very different relationship with their capability. One kid is kind of like, I show up, I get stuff done and off I go. Another one is um, stupid. Um, I never do well, like really poor sense of worth in an academic environment. And the other one just sounds like a lot of the time they don't even know what day it is and what exam is going to be written and just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. But interestingly enough, what I'm also coming to realize is that children learn in different ways. Mm. So when one child is listening and learning through their ears, through audio, is different for another child that's sitting and applying themselves through mind maps. So the proof is in the pudding, but I also refuse to gnash teeth with my kids about everything. You know what I mean? It just feels like it's so hard in the trenches with three tween teens that what you put in, you get out. And I'm really trying to empower them to be agents in their lives. And if you want to have a good result, then that means that in the evening that you need to sit at the books and you need to apply yourself. I'm not going to I'm not going to force you to do that. Well, I think that's why setting realistic goals with your children together is so valuable. So as you going through these reports term by term and you're starting to learn who your child is uh, academically, where their strengths are, where their relative weaknesses are, starting to set appropriate goals with them. I I don't think you can sit back and say to every child, I expect you to get uh, these marks in all subjects. So kind of creating more personalized goals. So I know that that is harder for you not you can't, Mm. it's harder for you uh, to do that. So let's set a goal specific for where you're at. And we rather build on those results as we go along. So I sometimes think there's value in not under uh, setting your goals, but let's start somewhere manageable and work our way up. So next term, I want to get 2% better than that Mm. uh, or 1% rather than having these like outlandish, I want to get A's for everything. Mm. I want to improve by 20% next term because you're setting yourself up for failure. Right, and that is that's really hard. As opposed to just achieving two percent more, fills you up with a sense of, "Geez, I can, I can do things," and yeah. I just, and that's an amazing feeling to have uh, for your confidence. I think another thing that a lot of families do, uh, in terms of academic talk and language around results, or, or we all do, is the "I can't" stuff. So you find a lot of young people start saying things like, "I can't do that," and that's an an absolute way of looking at anything. And, and maths often one of those subjects that people start saying, I can't do maths. Mm. So you, we catch your children saying that uh, and try reframe that for them. Maths is one of my harder subjects mm. uh, or I sometimes find maths hard, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. And again, as the parents in the room, I know you're tired, but we have to just keep constantly uh, looking at ways of positively reinforcing. And again, that mark out of 100, if it's not great, is not a result on you as a person. I think we take it seriously sometimes. So to just slow down, take a breath. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. And I did really badly at school. Not that I'm here to say don't apply yourself. But there is more to life and success than being an A student. 
hundred percent. I was actually having a conversation with my dad yesterday about the fact that, yeah, he's done amazingly well in, in his career and he's so happy with the way it's gone. And I'm so proud of him for the career that he's had. And he's saying that I sit around boardroom tables with people with all sorts of qualifications and I just have my matric uh, and it was, and that's been enough for me. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's the other skills that you bring to the table, what we call those transferable career skills, the way I am with people, mm. uh, the way that I am respectful or kind or supportive or hardworking, mm-hmm. those attributes really matter in, in the world. And so I hope that those are coming through in your kids' comments and you're also finding ways this holiday, if the, their school hasn't, to commend them for those moments in this year. Absolutely. So all the best until we connect again. Um, if you'd like to get hold of us for a school facilitation, work in your team or organization, uh, feel free to go and check out our website, uh, kindnesscan.co.za, or drop me an email, hello at lovejlt.com. Until we connect again. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.